So how I usually like to start these conversations is really about the journey. And I'm so glad we finally get to talk now that you are a lot further along in the journey. I remember right when Listen came out and it was sort of one of the original social enterprises, but it was doing, it, I think it really was a gold standard in sort of the impact model of having like a really, really high end product, both from like design and hardware, but then also in the back end, like the impact that happens. I thought it was like such an innovative approach and, and such a powerful company for other social impact brands to hopefully follow. So talk about the journey to start Listen and, and what was sort of the spark of inspiration to do it. We started in 2012, which is pretty crazy. It's been eight years. I can't <laughs> believe it. Um, definitely the best eight years of my life. But yeah, so my background is all in the music industry. Um, I basically grew up in it and I have worked in music since I was like, you know, 14, 15 years old. So I was growing up in Michigan. Uh, I worked for anything from like a record store to like writing the reviews for like the local newspaper about music, working at a concert venue. Um, so I did all of those kind of jobs. And then eventually I ended up at um, Universal Music Group, uh, which is the biggest record label in the world. <clears throat> at the time they had a, uh, an office in Detroit, which obviously they no longer have. Um, and when they shut that office down, I moved to LA um, to work for them here. So yeah, I had a great career in music, uh, worked with some of like the biggest artists in the world, which was an incredible experience, especially like in my teens and 20s. It was like such a great gig. But at the same time, it was like very corporate. And mm -hmm. um, I was definitely looking to do something else where I was like allowed to travel and like do other things outside of like an office. Mm -hmm. And one day I was at work and I saw this video on YouTube of a woman hearing for the first time and she was the same age as me. And it just really got me thinking about like how important music had been in my life and um, <clears throat> like what I would be without it. Like, I don't, right. I don't think I would have ever like left Flint, Michigan area without music, without like that driving force. So I was trying to think of like, that's so cool. I wonder like how I can get involved with this. And at the time there was like all of these brands that had like just started coming out, like, like Tom's and Warby Parker and like the big, you know, mm -hmm. social enterprise, like starter brands. Um, but there was nobody doing anything in music and nobody doing anything in electronics, which is funny because there's still nobody doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's just like not a philanthropist. I don't know people in philanthropy just don't go there or something I don't know why but um so I was like why don't I start a company <laughs> that gives back to people who have never heard before and I had literally no idea what I was doing and like I thought headphones would be like a great way to give back to hearing because then people could buy the headphones and we could give money to um give hearing aid and I honestly had no idea how competitive that space was. <laughs> <laughs> like if I was to start it now, I probably would have never started it because it's good I, to come in green, right? And a little ignorant. Oh yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Like if I would have walked into like CES or something now, like there's no way listen would exist. There's not even a chance. But I'm glad that I did it. So yeah, when I had the idea, I um basically 
talk to my friend Joe about it, who ended up becoming my business partner and co-founder. His background is all in like fashion, logistics. He had like a logistics company and um, ended up selling it because he wanted to do something that gave back. So it was like a really great timing wise, like just kind of a perfect fit of like me and Joe starting the company. So that was in 2012. And yeah, we've been working together ever since. Uh, It's funny because like our first intern Zoya is like still like our main employee. Wow. Like me, Joe, and Zoya have been there like the entire time. <laughs> it's just like a family now. That's great. That's great. So Joe had logistics background was probably pretty important because you had to actually make headphones, right? <laughs> and then you yeah, to... for me, like I'm coming from like a marketing, mm-hmm. you know, semi-sales background, but mostly like a marketing music background. And so I had no idea how to like create products and um you know, move them. I didn't know anything about like a warehouse and how that works. Yeah. How did you find, because uh, Starkey Foundation is sort of the partner in all this when a person buys a product, headphones or, or speakers, funds get allocated to them. So a child or an adult can sort of hear again through a, like procedures that the Starkey Foundation does or, or sort of like, I guess they set up little facilities where people can get their ears sort of tested or, or wax taken out. Just, I guess, Talk us through the Starkey Foundation and how that partnership came to be, because that's obviously they've they've been a really powerful force in everything Listen's been doing. Uh, absolutely, we could have never been here without them. Um, they're incredible. So yeah, when I saw the video of the woman hearing for the first time, I just started doing some research, like who does this in in the U.S. and around the world, and they were by far the biggest you know just like the biggest presence like they're best friends with like people like Richard Branson and Bill Clinton and George Bush like they're amazing so I ended up contact contacting them and being like hey I'm gonna start a company and I would love to give back to you and then like nobody got back to me of course because they probably just thought I was crazy (laughs) but (laughs) so we ended up partnering with a really small um hearing aid you know somebody that gives them away as well but they for like the first like couple months and then somebody ended up reaching out from Starkey's like oh we heard about you from I don't know I think we were on like the Today Show or something right and so we actually got the um the partnership through like some media outlet that we were on so ever since then we've worked with them and we've given over like 35,000 people the gift of hearing which is uh pretty amazing it's unbelievable yeah and and so just just because i think it, it just it always goes back to sort of the the power of that we have as sort of consumers right and, and the ability to change somebody's life without really doing anything doing anything abnormal right You're changing your lifestyle or anything i mean it's it's as, as simple as sort of buying headphones buying something that we're going to use anyway is uh is a task that we all do right and we're going to do several times in our life but like the ability to change someone's life through that is yeah. unlike anything we've ever really had before. Yeah, and I think that w- around the time that we started, that was like the shift of, mm-hmm. of that. Because before, even, you know, like 15 years ago, there it was more of like, oh, you know, save the whales and I'm going to buy some like ugly t-shirt that I'm yeah. never going to wear. Or like a bracelet, a beaded bracelet or something. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't anything like really interesting or like high end. And around the time that we started, like you saw like a massive shift to like 
just regular products that you would buy anyways. And that's what we really wanted to make. Like, that's why we like are really crazy about our quality of products is because um, we don't want it to be like a charity purchase. We want it to be like a purchase that you would make anyway. And then in addition, you get this like great feeling that you helped somebody here. I guess starting off, it's a bit of a whirlwind, right? Because you have to actually get the products made and then you actually have to you know, find a way to like sell them, right? And then you have to still work with an impact partner, right? To, to make sure that, you know, everything you say that you're doing is, is sort of getting done, right? So back like early on, what were the first couple, you know, let's say first six months like? Was it fun? Uh, was it like depressing? Was it everything you thought it would be? And like, did you quit your job to do it? Or were you still working full time? I think I spent about six months working on it before I quit my job. I quit mm -hmm. my job at the on the very last week of um, 2012. So we had like gotten the samples back. We were like selling some online, but not anything crazy, like kind yeah. of just testing it out. Um, and then at the beginning of 2013, I really started working like full time on it. So uh, I would say it wasn't depressing at all because I was so green at that time. And I was like, just so excited to like do something on my own and like meet all these new people. Like I really grew up in the music industry and I only knew people from that, which has been such a like blessing in my life, but also like meeting all of these other people that had ideas for businesses and were passionate about giving back like that was like just a really cool time in my life and I was like you know 26 or 27 and it was just like super fun um so I definitely wouldn't say it was depressing I mean we weren't paying ourselves which, <laughs> right right which sucks. <laughs> yeah I guess depressing was a bad word I just meant like <laughs> like stressful right like just like yeah. I mean, it was definitely stressful because it's like a huge learning curve you know well, never well, started anything and then you're starting like <laughs> and trying to get like investors and trying to manufacture in another country when you you told the record label you were leaving did you tell them what you were go doing what you were going to go do did they like support you in any way like hey we have all these like artists with like big followings like no you know, no it seems like a perfect partnership where they could like have invested in you and then have all their artists wear it they could have had the beats headphones like yeah but the problem with that was that Universal was a huge shareholder in, in Beats. Uh, Beats yeah. is, Interscope is under Universal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not really surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that so they were just like peace out. They didn't have. They didn't want to yeah. have anything to do. Dang it! Well, that's thanks. It's all, it's all good. As the brand started to build, right, you started to to you know make sales, right, and, and things are you're getting good press, right? You mentioned Today Show. I mean, you're everywhere, right? I think like Yahoo did, did something and you think it was the, the Google commercial. And there was a lot of, you've had some good sort of, sort of hits, right. From, from a press standpoint, and that sort of uh, helped the company grow. And then you've released like, since just the headphones, right now there's, there's all kinds of products, right. So like walk us through like the product line, like what's it like to keep expanding on the product line and not just stick with headphones. Was it something that you thought had to be done to, to keep the brand sort of fresh with new products or was people were people asking for it i think it was both people were asking for it but it was also just you know if you only have one product there's only so so far you can go with the customer we have a lot of customers that are like just love the brand and they'll mm -hmm. buy anything that we 
put out, but it's sort of difficult to grow if you only have like one product because then you just have to like keep marketing that same one. And yeah. Like, uh, I'm done. Like, it's hard to, for example, it's hard to like send email blasts to like the same people about one product. <laughs> like, I'll get pretty annoyed with that pretty quickly. So yeah, we started with uh, with headphones with uh, a kind that we actually don't even make anymore. And then we had some like wood earbuds and those were like a huge hit. Like we started doing subscription boxes with the, the wood earbuds and we probably sold like, I don't even know, like crazy amounts of earbuds that way. And then um, we started making speakers and I think that was around like 2014 or 2015. But yeah, now we probably have we have like two kinds of true wireless earbuds. We have the over-ear, the Troubadour, which is like kind of our flagship product. Um, we have a couple kinds of speakers and then we just released our new soundbar through a partnership with QVC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually just released that on Friday. So that's like our newest product. And with the with the sales, is it still the same amount goes to the, co- like to the foundation? Like how does that part work when you have new products compared to, to headphones? Yep. Yeah. It's the same exact amount, like every single time. Um, we also do a ton of partnerships, which have contributed to the, to Starkey Hearing Foundation in like pretty significantly. Um, for example, like when we did the partnership with Delta, a hundred percent of the proceeds went to Starkey. Mm-hmm. So in a lot wow. of ways, like the partnerships that we've done has contributed just as much as like people buying headphones. Wow. Yeah. That's so when you talk to to Starkey now, right? What or I think because you went to was it Mexico or, or some of the areas where they sort of actually do their work? What was what was that uh, like? I've been on um, yeah. Me and uh, my team have probably been on like twenty some different places. Wow. So it's like literally like maybe I think it's like ten countries and twenty five cities is what we've done with them so we've like when we say the number like you know thirty-five thousand people that's actually the number of people that physically like we've given hearing aids like and tested them and done everything like it's very very hands-on wow something where we're just like oh yeah we sent money and we'll never talk exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) what's it what was what was it like going there like like for the first time i'm sure it had to be i mean that had to to make you become more driven, right? And, and more inspired, like actually physically seeing something that you've created, like, you know, change. I mean, he, I mean, hearing such a, it's such a profound thing, right? It's like, I can't, like, I, I have the same uh, relationship with music as you do, right? I mean, I can't imagine like living yeah, my life without having music. We went to Peru for the first time in August of 2013 and there was uh, actually 10, it was still like to this day, the biggest one we've ever done. We were there for two weeks and we did 10,000 people. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, it, it's a lot of work. It's, it's really insane. It's like an all day, all night type of thing for two weeks straight. Um, and we were you know, all over the country. It was, it was incredible. But yeah, like one of the first patients we had, it was like me and Joe and we were just like kind of learning how to do it. It was this this kid named Maria. It was actually her 18th birthday that day, and her mom had like driven her like or like they took the bus for like eight hours to get there just so like she could have the chance to see if she could hear. And it's like that's just something we never really think about. And it's like it's the closest thing to a miracle like I've ever seen. It's like 
you know, this girl had never heard anything in her life. And then like literally 10 seconds later, it's unbelievable. And it's just, you know, you see their eyes and they're just like, wow. Like, <laughs> it's mind -blowing. Is it, is it, is it similar issues that these, these individuals face when they come? Is it a certain procedure or like you said, is it just hearing aids or is it different? Like what is, what is sort of the scope of, of stuff that's being done? Uh, so it's mostly hearing aids because nine out of 10 people that can't hear can be helped that way. Um, gotcha. Are, like depending on the region, like when we were in, um, I think it was like Uganda when we were doing that, there was a, a lot of body aids, which is like a super, super powerful version of that. Hmm. But some of the kids there like really had really terrible um, like diseases or whatever. And so they had to use body aids. But yeah, most of the time it is just hearing aids because most people can be helped that way. And that's what's so crazy about it is that mm -hmm. nobody really talks about it. And it's like this, it's like the number one disability in the world. And there's like not a lot of people even discussing it, which is another reason why we wanted to do this in the first place, kind of bring light to it. So maybe a, a new product line in, in 2025 is listen hearing aids. <laughs> is what it sounds like, right? That's a good QVC market right there. Is yeah. you QVC? <laughs> yeah, we might uh, we might get some flat from Starkey on that. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never know; anything could happen. Twenty twenty, anything can happen. How has the response? Because like being in in LA, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of people there that have pretty big reach, right? And like, have how's it been like? you like pitching people right because to me like why wouldn't anybody want to be involved right in the brand and in the company i know like we said you've had some big big partnerships you know from a b2b side how has it been like trying to get ambassadors right and influence and influencers sort of on board it's been interesting but i wouldn't say it's been like a slam dunk by any chance or mm -hmm. any, i don't know i think it's weird because everybody just kind of assumes that we're paying celebrities because of like the beats of the world and whatnot yeah we've never paid anybody to talk about it and yeah. uh, like it's funny we were like on all of these like big football players in the uk like like the biggest ones yeah and everybody there was like all these newspapers talking about how we were paying them and i'm like what are you talking about like we have like three people <laughs> We're not like paying Wayne Rooney like millions of dollars to wear our headphones. But we've had people like Demi Lovato, for example, like loves us and she would post on Twitter and then people would respond and be like, how, many, how much are they paying you? Like Kim Kardashian um, wrote like a whole blog about how much she loves us. Mm -hmm. and it's awesome because like normally like a, a brand would have to pay. You know, oh, uh, yeah. Ridiculous. But so celebrity response has been really good, but I would say like, it honestly has not helped. It's weird. Like we don't like, even if someone like a Kim Kardashian like talks about us, like that's really not at the end of the day, like our market. So mm, mm. it helps cause it's cool. And I, I right. love it, but it's not the people that are buying our products usually. What do you think has, has worked well for, I mean, because now almost almost a decade, you kind of have a lot of good data, right? A lot of feedback, you know, what's working and what's not. What, what sort of, I think this plays well because, you know, you can kind of drop some, you know, a little bit of knowledge or advice for, for individuals out there wanting to start like a, a really impactful, you know, social impact brand. What, what has worked for, for you? So I think what's worked for us is 
is that we've really stuck to like a few different pillars for our brand. Like we, we have a great product, like the sound quality is really good on mm-hmm. everything that we make. It, the design, the design has been really helpful uh, as far as press goes. Like we, we do most of our press probably around, you know, the design of it. The cause, which is the third pillar for sure, like people love it, but they're not going to buy a product if it's just cause-based like we talked about. Um, and then the fourth one is like the pricing. Like we keep the pricing underneath all of the bigger like competitive brands that are the same quality level as us. Like we're, we're cheaper than like a Bose or a Beats or something like that. And even though it's like the same level of like product in a lot of cases better than theirs, um, we try to keep the product lower. So there's like no reason for someone to not buy it. You know, like we take away all of the reasons why someone would be, oh, like maybe I don't want to buy it because it's more expensive or whatever. Like we take that away. So we try to make it like as easy as possible to like switch. Yeah, <laughs> I think, well, I think one big barrier that social impact brands maybe perhaps have is sort of access, right? Um, it's that can you walk into Walmart or Target or these stores where or Best Buy, right, where people traditionally buy you know, electronics, right, or specifically headphones or, or sort of anything uh, speaker related. It, it's really been, like you said, there hasn't really been any social impact like a headphone brand. So it's like they have to know you, right, and find you and go to your your .com um, or .co to, to check out, right? What is the process like for, for like access? How do you get like listen into, you know, Walmart or in Target and Best Buy? And like, is it just sort of, can you keep up with the, like the demand, right? You probably have to have such a massive, order you have to fulfill right to get like a best buy contract or something like that yeah i mean that's been by far the biggest hurdle that we've had is trying to navigate the wholesale retail world which is honestly why we just don't really even do it anymore right like we're not opposed to it but it you know obviously 2020 is a little different too with everything shut down for most of the year but um yeah, I mean, like we've had contracts from, you know, someone like a Target or, you know, we've had the meetings mm-hmm. with Spotify, but at the end of the day, like they expect you to pay a ton of money to be in, like you're paying for shelf space and like, you know, all of those displays like that, like a Bose or a Beats has or whatever, right. the stores, like they're paying for that. Like it's not Target paying for that. We're not like a billion, you know, we're not owned by Apple or by Sony or whatever. And like most of our competitors are. And so it's very hard. So that's why we kind of go into these avenues of, um, you know, doing partnerships with, with different brands or with, you know, just selling online or whatnot, because that's like where we can shine and we just can't really compete on a retail level until, you know, hopefully someday we will have a partner that is like helping us on that side of things. Yeah, I wanted to go to go back to a little bit and starting out and raising money for, you know, for startups just in general is, is a tough task, right? I mean, it's one of the most, probably the hardest thing you'll ever do really as a founder is sort of raising that that first round. Um, and especially from an impact brand, it's like, it's hard to talk to investors because they're like, oh, wait, you're giving away some of your like profit or so you are just like it, it it gets lost in translation very quickly right when, when talking so when you had the idea right you had the this this mission and this sort of you know grand grand vision um how hard was it to to talk to people to 
to actually have to get them in, to invest in, in in your vision and idea. Yeah, I would say one of my worst quality businesses <laughs> is, is raising money. <laughs> I'm not good at it, and um, you know, I can put together like a great pitch deck and stuff like that. But like when it comes to like closing deals, like not good at it but um so it was pretty difficult for us but at the end of the day like we ended up getting a a a great group of investors that like helped us out but it did take a long time and um it's something that i'm glad that we did once but that i don't really look forward (laughs) (laughs) to and even like when i start other brands in the future or whatever like i i honestly will just probably try to like do anything to avoid that process because it takes away all of your time yeah like if i was going to go out and and try to raise a round of money right now like i wouldn't be able to even sell product at right least. so there's no like you have to have like a full-time person do it basically yeah the uh i wanted to go back to something you had mentioned before when you talk about quality right and sort of design because such a it's such an important message i think to, to deliver to to individuals you know when starting something it's people i think we're past the phase of people buying things just because of a cause right there's there's a lot of competition out there especially on the fashion side right when when dealing with like impact brands and things like that to where there needs to be you know something more right and and the quality and the design needs to be up par with with like you said i mean the competition right so you know bows beats or whatever you want to talk about how how difficult was it to get like the quality similar, right? Like it, it's, you're, you're still, right? you're, you're a startup, right? With like no product. And you're like, okay, I want to create something like Bose. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. Like with a snap of the fingers, right? Like that, that had to be a bit of a process as well. Uh, it's definitely a process. And we've, we've spent quite a bit of time at our factories and with, you know, sound engineers there and, and dealing like, but honestly, I would say like, we're pretty far from like the technical, side of things like we we literally will test things just by like listening to different songs like we don't have like a super technical way of dealing with it so we're like oh we like the way that this sounds like let's go this direction versus like being you know super scientific about it but we've gotten lucky with a bunch of things but at the same time like it's really hard for a small company in in electronics specifically because you know, the volume of product, like I bet Beats is probably paying like $8 or something crazy for their headphones to make. And like yeah. ours are way more expensive than that. <laughs> <laughs> so like the margin of the bigger companies versus us is so different. Um, so that's definitely a challenge, but you know, at the same time, like I think that we've gotten lucky that, you know, one of the first people we met um, when I started the company is still our guy in China like and he's we trust him and we um, you know he'll he'll be like oh this new product like I don't know it doesn't sound very good I don't think you should release it you know? <laughs> so, so we don't <laughs> like we're lucky to have like that person over there that like really helps with like bridge the gap between like us and in China yeah I mean it, it's it, it's another sort of barrier with the electronic space because you can't really make it anywhere else i don't i mean i mean probably like japan or, or uh, south korea or something i'm sure there's some manufacturers over there but as far as like north america or south america i don't i mean i, I wouldn't imagine that there's even an opportunity to kind of make it uh this side of the ocean so like when when you were starting like was that 
the only option? Did you guys fly over there and just kind of literally just hop from, from place to place? Or did Joe have, from his logistics background, did he have a partner already in mind? We definitely just flew there <laughs> and visited different places. So we had no idea. I mean, none. Like Joe had made a lot of stuff before, but I don't even think he was he was making anything in China. I think it was all like local or, you know, in different parts of the world. Yeah, I mean, even if you're gonna try to make electronics in the US or somewhere else, it's not it's not really possible. And if you were like, I'm gonna assemble this headphone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The US, you're literally just assembling parts that are from China. Like there's absolutely no way to do it in, yeah. in the country. Yeah, so. if you if you look at Apple products, it has designed in California. <laughs> you yeah, know, like it is kind ours in California. <laughs> That's what you should do there. You should take <laughs> yeah. a page out of the Apple playbook. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because I mean, we have like 99% of a very positive fan base, but there are like, you know, every so often we'll get an email like, like, I can't believe you make your headphones in China. And we're like, what are you typing this on? Like, (laughs) right. No, it's also made in China. 100%. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough to, the only other electronic company that I know in the world is Fairphone, uh, who's really doing an amazing job. They are, a, they're a leader in the, you should definitely check them out. I think that they are doing some unbelievable things in, in the space and, and they're the only ones that I can think of that are actually, actually making a, a competitive mobile phone device, right? I mean, it runs on Android still, but <laughs> how they make the hardware is, uh, and, and sustainable, which is a first of its kind. It's, it's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Really so going, so looking a little bit, the next eight years, right? Let's say. <laughs> I know that's hard to do right now. It's hard but... to even think about the next eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's look at let's look at like three years, right? Like you've had you've had really big partnerships, right? We talked about, you know, Delta, Google. I mean, there's really been some good wins, right? I mean, for for a company that's very small, right? Like that's impressive. You know, thirty-five thousand people lives have been changed literally right like that is that is nothing i mean that is like insane like you there's not a lot of companies in the world that could say that right Absolutely. so i think look like how do you look at let's say three years right like what are what are some goals you be it's from you know from from a business side whether it's partnerships or whether it's a product line whether it's stuff you see in the audio space that can be like improved like what, what do you what are some of the goals and successes that you want listen to have I think in the next three years, we'll definitely be looking for a partner to expand the brand. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, like we've taken it pretty far and, you know, we're still relatively small in the space just because we're competing with like the biggest companies in the world. It would be really great if we could find a partner that would help us with distribution. Um, Like we talked about previously like just to get into those places like a target or a best buy like you know post covid world that would be such a huge help for us to like try to even compete on that level so like the goal really will be like expansion and um just trying to get in front of as many people as possible i mean like with an example of like a qvc that's a completely different audience than what we're used to so it was a really good experience for me and for us just to like get in front of the audience and see what they think and what they want. 
And like, that's what we really want to do is just get in front of like as many people as possible because it is a great product. It's a great story. Um, and we've been around for long enough now that like people are actually starting to like, you know, know who we are. So if we could just expand that, that would be amazing. And as far as products go, I'm not really sure. It's, it's hard in electronics. You don't really know what's coming next, you know, mm -hmm. like right now we're very focused on like the true wireless, which is, you know, like an AirPod, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, luckily ours don't cost as much as that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're, so we're super focused on the true wireless. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that we'll have any like new products after that for probably a while. We're just constantly trying to improve like the products that we have, like for example, like the Troubadour, we've had that for probably, mm -hmm. I don't know, seven years now, but we're coming out with like the newer version of it. So it's the same design, but it's, it's just like a better improved like Bluetooth and, and a more improved microphone. And obviously the, the microphones are super important for like, you know, times like these where everybody's just on Zoom all day. So. Mm -hmm. We're very focused on the improving the quality of your work from home. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's a it's a it's a new space to be in, and and look, there's just there's no, again, you have like some of the biggest competitors in the world, right? But then you also have like not a lot of competitors at all in sort of the the impact space, right? And so that's I, a that's yeah. a way to separate yourself in the market, right? At a at a big scale, to where, you know, why wouldn't a company why wouldn't a company just solely get this for all their employees, right? Every a lot of companies buy like iPads, right, or phones or whatever for like their companies. It's like, well, everybody needs headphones, right? But it's like, why wouldn't you buy listen headphones for your company, right? Like that's an amazing thing to do. If you have like a thousand employees, you just like changed a thousand people's lives, right? Like it's it's pretty incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we we do a lot of like corporate gifting and whatnot, and that's a, that's been like a huge part of our growth as well as is, is like providing headphones for you know offices and. Yeah, it, it was crazy though. Like with COVID, we had all these orders, like corporate orders that were like event based, and then they just all got. Oh. It's like <laughs> like half of our business for the year was canceled in like you know a couple of weeks. That was kind of a bummer. Yeah, there's so many ancillary like things you don't even think about. Like we all were like obviously restaurants. We can visually see like the impact right of of that right and and, and the disruption that that has happened there and. and you know, hopefully we'll, we'll find a way to get through there. And a lot of these local restaurants and small businesses can survive it, but we don't see it from, from that point of view. Right. Cause you, the e-commerce star for like, you can't really, it's not the same. You can't see it with your own eyes of like the disruption that happens there. Right. Because like, you know, you wake up and then, like you said, like your entire sort of business for the year is like changed like drastically, like overnight. Right. Like that, yeah. that anxiety had to be, pretty pretty terrible i would imagine yeah, I mean, it sucks we were supposed to do the dubai expo which is like this huge huge event in dubai every year and um, we had like worked on it for months and months and it was this massive opportunity I, and i was going to go out there and do like you know a little speaking thing and whatnot and then it was just you know overnight canceled it's like something that we worked on for like six months how is it do you have you seen sort of e-commerce do a little better at all with COVID with everybody being home and people being on their computers, I guess, maybe, you know, more hours and searching for different things. Have you seen traffic improve at all or, or sales improve at all? 
Uh, I would say it has improved a little bit, but it's not like an overwhelming sure. uh, thing. I do feel like, you know, someone like an Amazon, for example, is like just crushing it because everybody is just buying everything on, on there. But I don't know if like individual sites are doing as well as they should. Like, I, I definitely feel like people are just buying everything like in one click on Target or Amazon or whatever online. Like, yeah, I have a lot of friends in e-commerce and a lot of them will say the same thing. Like it's improved a little bit, but it's not crazy. Yeah. It's not saving the amount of money uh, that you would have made like during other avenues. So it's, it's an interesting time because we're just trying to think of like different ways to sell that isn't physical. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys, are you still on, on Amazon? Uh, we are, but we're not like, it's, it's so competitive on Amazon now. It's just like, we would have to spend more than we would make to, yeah. to be visible. So, so we're available on there, but I wouldn't say it was like a huge part of our business. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's something probably you had to, to learn along the way is I think a lot of brands have to make that decision and some brands just launch on Amazon. <laughs> you know, they don't even, they don't even, you can't even shop from their website. They just launch straight from Amazon, but it's like, there's, it seems like high quality products would be really tough to do through them. Right. I mean, you really need to do it through your own, through your own domain. Yeah. You don't like own the information. So it's, it's hard because you can't email that person with like a new product or, you know, have like mm-hmm. a conversation. It's obviously such a great platform for a lot of brands that like if i was to start other things i would definitely be concentrating on amazon but with listen it's just always been really hard i mean we used to actually have like a great partnership with amazon and they were really cool but they straight up told us like it's pretty impossible to compete in electronics <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and if they're telling you that then <laughs> yeah no i know it's 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 a like you said you were so green getting into it but it is it's it's got i mean there's just not that many like startup electronic companies that it just not even in the impact space just in the general like electronic space like you just need so much startup capital and then so i mean the marketing budgets i'm sure for you know anyone who's brave enough to start a electronics company is probably just outrageous so i'm i'm, I'm glad you did it and i'm glad that you're you're still a leader in, in the impact space and, and you're taking, I mean, you've taken, you know, sales, some sales away at least. Right. I mean, I, yeah. full disclosure, I bought, you know, probably like four, four headphones and a speaker. Right. So like I would have put that money elsewhere, you know, into a different, <laughs> it's, you know, so it's like, uh, I think that it's, you know, it, it's hard to do, like you said, but like, I think, not giving up and just grinding and having that. This is why I think it's so important to have that, the impact model behind it, because you, it gives you a little bit more motivation rather than just like looking at sales, looking at spreadsheets, like looking at Mars and it's like, damn, but this kid just hurt, just got a chance to hear for the first time in their life, right? <laughs> like that's, it's like, oh, okay. Like that, that's, that's probably, I mean, that's like, takes a, takes a little bit of all the anxiety away from the other stuff. I think it's always a motivational factor that that helps the founders keep going. Oh, I would have never done this for this long if there was no, if there was no philanthropic element to it. Like it's really changed my life in every 
aspect. Like it's, I don't know. I just can't even imagine not doing it. <laughs> it's crazy though. It's like, we look at all these brands that were super, super funded um, around the same time that we started like a, like Soul Republic or Friends or like just different, you mm -hmm. know, SMS or whatever. Like there was like a million headphone brands that came yep. out at the same time. Yep. And all like, got pumped in like with tens of millions of dollars and then they all went away mm -hmm. and like we're still here and we raised just like a very like small fraction of what <laughs> we had so it's pretty cool to like look back and be like wow we like really weathered the storm and like survived yeah no it's 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 impressive i mean to have a company even for eight years again like in any sector in general right is 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 already a success you know and it's uh it's a it keep I when I talk to to the founders, it's just like, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and, and kind of just like it's hard to do it, but you have to pat yourself on the back a little bit and be like, look, you know, it's what we're doing is like an amazing thing. You know, if we didn't exist, this would not be getting done. Right. Like I, I'm sure I, I don't know the numbers, but I imagine that more people, you know, Starkey is doing more, you know, hearing aids and and giving more people hearing than, than they would without listen, right? You know, so I'm sure that they're, you know, I think the the global reach of, of the brand and, and the company is uh, is pretty drastic. And I think that the impact is just, um, it, it will go on. The really the cool thing you could be proud of is like, you know, that impact will last longer than a year. It'll last like a generation, right? And maybe a hundred years, just from that one person being able to hear their life has now opened up to so many opportunities that they never thought possible, right? So now who knows who they're gonna inspire and they're gonna go out and create something. They might create their own company or something like that. So I think it's it's so hard to measure that aspect of things because we don't know the the ripple effects of, of how impactful that stuff is um, quite yet. We might, you know, in, in a few years or from now, we might have some some tech that can, that can help us understand that a little more. But, just from a human perspective, it seems like that is an insurmountable. I mean, it's just such an impactful thing for, you know, for decades, right? From just that one person. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the part I'm most proud of and I'm most grateful for is just like seeing the ripple effect of, you know, like one kid, if they're like a year old and they had no chance before, like now they can like be like make the most of their life and have like the fullest potential, which, which like, it's just so crazy to think about, you know, even like the kids that we helped like, you know, eight years ago, like they're still like benefiting from that. And like they were able to go to school and it's hard to like see that in the US because we don't really have that sort of stigma around it. But in a lot of places around the world, like, you know, the, these kids that are in deaf schools or whatever, like they really don't get the opportunities that most people do. And in addition to that, like one of the coolest things has been other people starting businesses because of listen and then yep. seeing like the amount of impact that they had mm -hmm. one of our friends has like a really cool company that um, plants trees and like he that wasn't even part of his business before and then once we started listen like he added that to the business and now they've done like millions of trees it's wow like, so cool <laughs> yeah yeah what's that what's that company uh it's called woodchuck woodchuck what, what does they do Shout them out uh, a little bit. Like really cool, like wood, um, just anything like accessories, like journals and like 
lighters, just like random stuff. But they yeah. also like a ton of um, business with like corporate, like building really cool like installations with wood. Like they have like wood maps and oh, that's anything, the... anything wood. But they're <laughs> yeah. very cool. Uh, the last question I have is uh, is when you like your your friends and, and and family. Like I guess when you when you first decided to quit your job, right, and to sort of do it. What was the reaction from from your network around you? Was it was it positive? Was it or was it like you're crazy? Like, what are you doing? You have a great career in a great industry, right? It's like, what are you doing? Are you making a mistake? Or or was it positive energy, right? That that really helped? Um, I think it's like a mixture. <laughs> <laughs> like all I ever wanted when I was young was to be in the music industry. And like right. that was a dream, you know, like and then like I finally achieved this dream that I had for so long when I was a kid and then I was just like oh I'm just gonna quit <laughs> <laughs> try try to do this random thing that I have no experience in whatsoever um but I would say overall the the response was good because people really liked the the product and the cause and if we would have come out with something that was subpar I think mm -hmm. that people would have definitely had a, a reaction that was not as positive but <laughs> we really like like right away we were on you know like the today show and stuff like that so i think it gave us like some legitimacy like in you know my friends or family's eyes like wow this is actually gonna happen and actually gonna work versus like this is just another one of your crazy ideas <laughs> i do tend to have a lot of ideas i'm like we should do this and then like nothing happens so I hear you. I, it's a problem I have as well. It's a, it's a really bad problem that I'm working on. I'm trying to work on it. Yeah. <laughs> one of my goals during like COVID is to really like actually work on the ideas that I have and not just have the ideas and have them go away. So. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know we've, you know, we we want to try to do this for a while and I'm so glad that we could finally do it and finally kind of just chat and discuss about the successes and, and the hurdles and and everything that's taking place because I've been you know a fan for for so long and I'm, and I'm so happy to see um, some of these original you know brands still around right I think it, it's great for the the sector and for the industry and for you know future founders around impact and, and, and knowing that they can you know mess with the big boys so to speak right that there's a place in the market for you know, impact products and entrepreneurs who who sort of think differently and think from a passion point of view. Uh, I think it's 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 a it's a great you know motivator for for future people. I mean, we always say like me and my partners always say like you know we're not billionaires like you know Apple for example, but we're like experiential billionaires. We've had better, more interesting experiences than most people have that are like super super wealthy just because of like the work that we're doing and the philanthropy that we're doing so i would say like to anybody considering starting a business with like a social aspect like definitely go for it because it'll just improve your life so much <laughs> amazing well well best of luck the rest of this year hopefully we can we can all get through it and 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 still uh still have our sanity a little bit but obviously best of luck for the next you know three years five years ten years couple decades like I, I want this to uh you know i want to buy maybe my grandkids or you know my, i want to i want to buy them listen headphones right well well whatever comes out that 
we don't know we don't know what sound will be like then yeah yeah that's true that's true it'd be like some type of like audio microchip or something like that <laughs> i don't know but i i do think it's a it's a powerful brand that could live for a really long time so congratulations on everything you and the team have, have done so far and again best of luck in the future uh, thank you guys so much for all of the support over the years. We really appreciate it.